This is Ham College, episode 62 for February 29th, 2020. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. And by hamstudy.org, a great way to study for your next license exam. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas. And I'm Dean Martin. And tonight we are going to have our first official extra exam questions. Now, yeah, we did have some questions last time, but they were just a few random ones. Yeah, a couple of teaser questions. But we're actually starting out at the beginning of the pool tonight, and we're going to start going through these. How many was it? 622 questions? Uh, somewhere right around there. Yeah. So we, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, so if you don't like the sound of buzzing, you may want to get some cotton for your ears. Yeah, while we're doing the live stream. We've got a chat room as well. If you would like to join us in there, well, it's amateurlogic.tv slash chat. Yep, if you're watching the live stream and you're not in the chat room, you're only getting half the fun. And the question is, which half? which half? Okay, we've got that down now. Yeah, that was pretty smooth. What did we talk about in the last show? Uh, we Last show we did review, you notice I'm not looking at the paper. I noticed. We, we reviewed all of the different sections and the topics that are in the, in the uh, extra pool uh, that the, the exam consists of. In other words, it was an introduction to what's on the extra exam. It was. So is that it was the same? a pretty long introduction. It was a pretty long introduction because there's a lot of stuff on there. It is. And we're going to jump right in it tonight with both feet. What are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, band limits, I think, some of that. Um, I'll be honest with you, I haven't really had much of a chance to look over the questions. Well, we're going to talk about whatever's on E1A in the exam pool, and that's going to be operating standards, frequency privileges, automatic message forwarding stations aboard ships or aircrafts, and power restriction on the 630 and 220 meter bands. Oh, fun. That was a, a mouthful, as you It was. Saying. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully. Hopefully. And we hope everyone in the chat room has got their thinking caps on. These are not too bad this week, I'll say. You know, I don't think they're going to be that tough. Uh, they probably will get tougher in future episodes since it is the extra exam. But I think if you pay attention to the wording on these questions tonight, it, you'll... You'll probably get get most of these. So let's get on into the first one here. Let's see. I'll I'll ask you this one, Dean. Which of the following carrier frequencies is illegal for LSB AFSK emissions on the 17 meter band for RIDI and data segments of 18.068? to 18.110 megahertz. Ooh. Okay, the... Get, read the question. You're right, because the data segment of 18.068 to 18.110, lower sideband. So I'm going to say that it's going to be the lowest of those, um, because you'd go... I think that would put you... What's that, 3 kilohertz below, I think, if I remember right? So I'm thinking it's A, 18.068. Um, 
Most folks in the chat room are saying, hey, there are some um, some B's and D's in there as well. I might be wrong, but I think that's I think that's it. That's, but you, I guess you've got at least a 50% chance of being right on this one. 50? Mm-hmm. You like your odds? It looks, well, there's four questions, four, four options for one answer, so that's the 25%. Yeah. Professor? But you can only be wrong or right, so that's a 50%. Yeah, but I <laughs> okay. Let let's don't get into the complex math this early into the show. There you go. It is a okay. a van right. chart would be handy for something like this. Well, it would, and yeah, especially if somebody, had one. if somebody had one, and we could look at um, oh, I don't know the seventeen meter band, and you could see eighteen oh sixty eight is down at the bottom. So if you were going to go lower sideband, lower from there, then that's going to put you slightly out of band. Yeah, because um, you know that you, your sideband is going to be less than the frequencies we're allowed to transmit on. Yeah, I think that would be like three kilohertz off of that, right? Uh, Roughly, not sure. Probably, but I don't remember for um, for AFSK how much bandwidth it uses. But regardless, oh, yeah. it's going to be below. The lowest, right. you know, that we can operate. When using a transceiver that displays the carrier frequency of phone signals, which of the following displayed frequencies represents the lowest frequency at which a properly adjusted LSB or lower sideband emission will be totally within the band? A, the exact lower band edge. B, 300 hertz above the lower band edge. C, 1 kilohertz above the lower band edge. Or D, 3 kilohertz above the lower band edge. Well, that is a long question. I think maybe I should read it again. When using a transceiver that displays a carrier frequency of phone signals, which of the following displayed frequencies represents the lowest frequency at which a properly adjusted Lower sideband emission will be totally within the band. So, no, it cannot be A, the exact lower band edge. That, that won't work. Uh, 300 hertz above the lower band edge. Well, no, if we are, are doing lower sideband, that's going to bleed over beyond 300 hertz. Uh, C, 1 kilohertz above the lower band edge. Now, if we're doing phone, that's going to it's gonna use more than 1 kilohertz. I'm going to say it's D. It's going to be 3 kilohertz above the lower band edge. I think that's right myself. Well, let's see. And it is. All right, you get one of those. Okay. You earned it. No buzzers yet. Of course, everybody... Everybody in the chat room can get one of those, too. <laughs> there they go. They're giving it back. I see it. Everybody, a few of them are. Yep. Everybody got that one right. The ones that aren't, you know who you are. So maybe I <laughs> should, should. well, yeah, everybody in there got it right. Mm -hmm. But maybe oh, I, I should. I meant the ones that weren't giving the fist bump back. Oh. Maybe I should do some splaining anyway. Okay. As you can see, this is an AM signal that we're looking at here, or it could be an FM signal. When we put modulation on there, we're not just transmitting strictly the carrier anymore. The modulation is uh, causing sidebands to be superimposed on that signal. So in the case of AM, we've got a lower sideband and an upper sideband, which are more or less the same thing, but just going in opposite directions of the carrier. Lower sideband means that upper sideband is suppressed. It is not transmitted, mm -hmm. and the carrier is not transmitted. So only that lower sideband is transmitted. If if it was upper sideband, well, we'd only be transmitting the upper sideband. That's a pretty profound statement. Well, it is. What is the maximum legal carrier frequency on the 20-meter band for transmitting upper sideband AFSK digital signals having a 1 kilohertz bandwidth. Is it 
A, 14.070 megahertz. B, 14.100 megahertz. C, 14.149 megahertz. Or D, 14.349 megahertz. Maximum carrier frequency on the 20 meter band transmitting upper side band. Yeah, it's too late for that. <laughs> You've already looked at the cheat notes. Huh? Yeah, I had the, the uh, graphic up there, so I, unfortunately I did yeah, see it. That's really not going to work for me, is it? No. Well, not when I have to set up the uh, chart. So anyway, I, I can actually see that the band chart shows. <laughs> unfortunately, you can't take the band chart in when you take your oh, test, yeah. I don't think. Go, go ahead. But anyway, and, yeah. I'm going to go with D. 14.349 since it's one kilohertz bandwidth it's saying so that's uh that's one kilohertz below the maximum of the 20 meter band okay well nobody said that in the chat room well maybe i'm wrong well let's, let's so. see 14.149 yep you know why it's uh 14.149? No. Well, let's look at the chart over here. You said, what, 14.349? Mm-hmm. And that would put you within 20 meters. However, they were talking about transmitting a data signal. Oh, yep. see, I cheated myself on the cheat. USB AFSK digital signal. So that would have to be down there in that red portion. So... 14.149 if it was a 1 kilohertz wide transmission upper sideband. That would squeeze in there. I see. Just yeah. barely. And you were thinking, yeah, well, at 349 it would squeeze in, but... Yeah, but you're in yeah. the wrong portion of the band. Yep. With your transceiver displaying the carrier frequency of phone signals, you hear a DX station calling CQ on 3.601 megahertz lower sideband. Is it legal to return the call using lower sideband on the same frequency? A, yes, because the DX station initiated the contact. B, yes, because the displayed frequency is within the 75-meter phone band segment. Or C, no, the sideband will extend beyond the edge of the phone band segment. Or D, no, U.S. stations are not permitted to use phone emissions below... 3.610 megahertz. When your transceiver displays the carrier frequency of phone signals, you hear a DX station calling CQ on 13.061 megahertz lower side. 3.061. Oh, yeah, not 13. 3.601. Um. Yeah, lower sideband, that means we'll be we'll be transmitting below three point six. And just because he initiated the contact does not mean it's legal for you to transmit there. Um because the displayed frequency is within the seventy five meter phone band segment. Um yeah, the frequency is within the phone band segment, but since you're lower sideband, you're going to be your signal is going to be going down below that frequency, so that's that's not right. D, no, the sideband will extend beyond the edge of the phone band segment. Or D, no, the U.S. stations are not permitted to use phone emissions below three point six ten megahertz. Hmm. It's either C or D. So you're saying yeah. it's a no. I'm going to say it's it's C. Yeah, I think that's right myself. Yeah, that one's a little, I think it's a little bit tricky, but let's see. Well, it, these, all these, you got to read them pretty carefully. And you got to think about the mode that it is. And there's a lot of things to consider. Yep. All right. All I'll right. give you that one. You know, you'd almost say that it was D. However, if you did, you'd be wrong, and that is because 3.6 megahertz. It's not 
3.610, which the question said, if we looked at it, 3.601. You look, at, look at D there, yeah, 3.610 megahertz. Uh, no, we can operate below 3.610, but mm -hmm. we can't below 3,600. What is the maximum power output permitted on the 60-meter band? Is it A, 50 watts PEP effective radiated power relative to an isotropic radiator? B, 50 watts PEP effective radiated power relative to a dipole. C, 100 watts PEP effective radiated power relative to the gain of a half-wave dipole. Or D, 100 watts PEP effective radiated power relative to an isotropic radiator. I remember talking about this recently. Mm-hmm. Seems and like we, we did. We talked about this uh, in the things that, the new changes that were coming in this question pool, I think. Yeah, because uh, this Two shows back. This band, mm, I don't know if 60 meters was there. In the last question pool, I'm, I'm not, it may have been, right? but I know it, there were some changes in it. Yeah, so this is, this is not one that you, that I know of that you're going to be able to reason out. I think it's 100 watts, but I don't, I think it's going to be C or D. I'm going to have to guess between those two because I don't, I'm not totally sure I remember I remember talking about isotropic radiator before on the other show. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be D, but I. But that's totally a guess. I don't know. Well, I'm gonna agree with you that it is a hundred watts PEP effective uh -huh. radiated power. You know what? But half wave dipole. Yeah. I'm yeah, I was about to change my answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I could, I could feel That's that. That's why coming. you went ahead and showed it before. <laughs> yep. Even in the test, you got a pencil. You can erase it and change it. Yeah, but not after it's been graded, and that was just <laughs> graded. Uh, everybody pretty much got that in the chat room. Where must the carrier frequency of a CW signal be set to comply with FCC rules? for 60-meter operation? A, at the lowest frequency of the channel. B, at the center frequency of the channel. C, at the highest frequency of the channel. Or D, on any frequency where the signal sidebands are within the channel. Where must the carrier frequency of a CW signal be set to comply with FCC rules for 60 meter so this operation. One, this one's kind of easy. You think? At the lowest frequency of the channel, we know that's not right. Because that's, you know, that that can't be right because you, you're possibly going to bleed out of that channel. Can't be C at the highest frequency of the channel. So it's either got to be at the center frequency or at any frequency within the signal sidebands. I'm going to say it's at the center frequency. That's that's where they want you to be. Um, that's what everybody's saying in the chat room. What do you think, Dan? That's what I think, too. Okay. And it is. Why don't we take a quick break here? Pour a little water on the buzzer. I need to change the batteries in the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be right back. Don't go away. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tips of your fingers and a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilo, or just over 2 pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. 5 volt battery operation with BP272 or 10 watts with a 13.8 volt DC supply. 
Modes include single-sideband, CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, and live band scope with waterfall, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, micro SD card for data storage, it comes standard with the HM243 speaker microphone, and it supports QRP and QRPP operations. The perfect accessory for the IC705 is the LC192 optional backpack with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information about this and all the great ICOM radios. We want to thank ICOM for being a sponsor of Ham College here. And we want to thank you for watching. And why don't we give away something? Yeah, we're going to thank them by giving away one of their shirts and one of their caps. Okay, how could you win such a thing as this? Well, oh, you could oh. You could go to Ham College at AmateurLogic.tv. Well, you can't go there, but you can send an email there. And you get a nice Ham Crew t-shirt. Looks just as good coming as you will going. And... You can get something to top it off with as well. Literally all the way to the top. An Icon ball cap. How can you win this, Dean? Well, you can win it by sending an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. All you need is a name and an email address, and then you can be a winner. Well, we actually happen to have right here in my hand. Somebody that has a name? Somebody that has a name and an email address. Perfect. And this comes from Rick Westover, KK4NHC. And he says, hello, was surfing the QRZ website. Then came across your link for the classes for extra class. Being a general class amateur radio operator, looking to upgrade to extra class. Thanks for putting on the class and look forward to sitting down to watch more. If you could put me to your extra class sessions, I would appreciate it. Well, here's here's one right here tonight, Rick. Uh, yep, and uh, you'll you'll be able to wear your new Icom mm -hmm. gear, Icom swag, while you're watching the Ham College shows, getting ready for your test. Yep. Uh, congratulations, and you know the, he's only watched one episode and. Look, he's already won a cap. paid off. This test should be nothing for him. Yeah. He should breeze he right through it. All right. So there you go. Why don't you go after the show tonight? Send us an email address. All you need is a name and an email address. You can have a call sign or, or not. Or not. And you can give us a nice little note like Rick did there. Or you can say relatively little. Yeah, some people. It's all up to you. Yeah. But uh, anyway, also, we, those emails get cleared out after the show. Mm -hmm. So now it's a clean slate to go ahead and send your entry in for the next month. If you didn't win, you just keep entering until you win. Mm -hmm. Enter every month. Mm -hmm. Well, back into the questions and similar topic, slightly different here. What is the maximum power permitted on the 2200 meter band? Is it A, 50 watts PEP? B, 100 watts PEP. C, 1 watt equivalent isotropic radiated power. Or D, 5 watts ERP, or equivalent isotropic radiated power. EIRP. EIRP. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I said oh, okay. internally. It just didn't come out like that. Okay, this was 2200 meter band. I, I remember talking about this too somewhat. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's A or B. It was one of the lower, was one of the lower powers up there. I'm gonna say it's D. Five watts EIRP. Okay. I just one seems low. Um, I, I don't know. I know there's one of them up there that was pretty low. I do remember that. Mm -hmm. This is a new. This is new, I think. Um, most everybody's saying C over in the chat room. Okay, so I'm probably wrong. And you, you're probably wrong. Let's see. Oh. 
You were only oh, off wow. by four watts, though. Wow, so, that's three buzzers in one night, man. T- this extra stuff's tougher, isn't it? And I, well, I haven't studied. It's been a long time. I'm pretty sure this is a new one, isn't it? Uh, well, that's a new band. You know, we didn't have that band very long. Yeah. The only thing I even knew about it was the last couple of months when we looked at the If changes. you will scroll to the top, the 2200-meter band, that is the lowest frequencies we have. That's down at 135 kilohertz. You know, your your dog could almost hear that. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not, but that that's a really, really low frequency. And the way you can remember this, that's going to be the lowest power of any band we got for HF here. It's going to be 1 watt EIRP. And you see the 630 meter band, huh? It five is 5. Watts. Okay. This is the one I was kind of thinking about because I do remember there was like one when it was near Russia, but that wasn't mm-hmm. mentioned. That's how you can remember it right there. The very lowest band we got has the lowest power. It's it's one watt. The band right above it, you know, there at 472 kilohertz, you got five watts there. Plus you're in 496 miles of Russia, not 497 mm-hmm. or 495. If a station in a message forwarding system inadvertently forwards a message that is in violation of FCC rules, who is primarily accountable for the rules violation? A, the control operator of the packet bulletin board station. B, the control operator of the originating station. C, the control operator of all the stations in the system. Or D, the control operator of all the stations in the system not authenticating the source from which they accept communications. Well, if a station in a message forwarding system inadvertently forwards a message that is in violation of the FCC rules, who is primarily accountable (laughs) for the rules violation? Well, I think you can rule out D right away because, uh, you know, I don't think we authenticate where the messages are coming from on on a lot of these forwarding systems. And you wouldn't think primary responsibility, you know, would fall on the control operators of all the stations. Um and you, you would think the most responsible party there is just going to be B, I, I just have to say, the control operator of the originating station. Since we're talking about who's primarily responsible, um, yeah, I'm going to say that's that's what it is. It's B. And yeah, I think that's right, too. The chat room, they're between B's and C's there. I think there might be more C's. They're back and forth. I, I'm not going to count the number there, but it's it's pretty well a split split among them as to which it is. Let's see. The control operator of the originating station. So I lucked out on that one. Primarily accountable. Yeah, I think primarily is the key word there. Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be some shared responsibility amongst, you know, other folks, but primarily it's going to be the guy who originated it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. What action or actions should you take if your digital message forwarding station inadvertently forwards a communication that violates FCC rules? A. Discontinue forwarding the communication as soon as you become aware of it. B, notify the originating station that the communication does not comply with FCC rules. C, notify the nearest FCC field engineer's office. Or D, all of these choices are correct. I don't think it's D, because we're pretty much supposed to be a self-policing group, so I don't think it's see either because of that. Yeah, the FCC really doesn't want to hear 
from you. Uh huh. Very often. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, notify the originating station. I, I, actually, I think the answer is going to be A, discontinue forwarding the communication as soon as you become aware of it. Notify the originating station. You might you might do that as well, but I think the primary thing you would do would probably be A, discontinue it if you can. Yeah, there's, there's a little mixture in there. Most of them are saying A, though. So, let's see. And it is, eh? You got that one. That was a good choice. Totally redeemed myself. <laughs> Not totally. Yeah. You do that two more times, and that we'll just count, wipe the slate clean. One good one erases one bad one? As long as we don't tell the FCC field office. Well, they don't, care. They don't want to hear from you. <laughs> if an amateur station is installed aboard a ship or aircraft... What condition must be met before the station is operated? A. Its operation must be approved by the master of the ship or the pilot in command of the aircraft. B. The amateur station operator must agree not to transmit when the main radio of the ship or aircraft is in use. C. The amateur station must have a power supply that is completely independent of the main ship or aircraft power supply. Or D, the amateur operator must have an FCC marine or aircraft endorsement on his or her amateur license. If an amateur station is installed aboard a shift or aircraft, what condition must be met before the station is operated? Well, let's rule out D right away. Uh, I don't think that there is a FCC marine or aircraft endorsement for an amateur license. I've never heard of it. No. Nope. C, the amateur station must have a power supply that is completely independent of the main ship or aircraft power supply. I'm going to say, nah, I don't, I don't think so. I think you wouldn't want to interfere with the power supply of the ship or aircraft, but I don't think you got to be independent of it. B, the amateur station operator must agree not to transmit when the main radio of the ship or aircraft is in use. I don't, I don't think that's a requirement. I mean, I don't know why it would really matter unless you really were just sharing a battery and you didn't have enough <laughs> for everybody. But Sharing the microphone. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm thinking it's A because I think everything... That goes on on a ship or aircraft. Uh, its operation must be approved by the master of the ship or the pilot in command of the aircraft. Yeah. That only makes sense whether that's it's radio or not. You know, that's... Yeah. So it's A. Everybody said A over in the chat room. I'm pretty sure if you go on a cruise ship, I don't think they, I think they have rules where you can't use it at all on there. I'm not mistaken. I don't know that for sure, but I'm pretty. I think that's right. Um, you can if you get permission. Well, yeah, but I think that typically the cruise lines like don't. They, some of them will. Will if it? you get permission, they they will let you do it. But no, I don't think you should just bring on your HF rig and string up a dipo. No, I was thinking more along <coughs> HT. We're actually thinking about taking an Alaska cruise. Hmm. I'd like to take it because you're going to be right, right along the coast. Well, for the most part, up to Alaska. Yep. Anyway, I'll, I'll look into it when it comes closer to the time. Yep. So, if you were willing to do some supplemental study for your exam here, other than just, you know, the lectures here that, that we do at the college, um, where might be a a place that you could get more information that you might want to practice some. Hey, you probably go to hamstudy. Hamstudy.org? Yeah. Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org. Hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stuffelbeam, KV9G, and Rich Porter, 
KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize themselves with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn, and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. Well, there you go. There's where you can go. Yep. Right there and and do some practice exams online. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's another good resource we like to recommend. And as a matter of fact, the book has not been published yet, but our friend Gordo, WB6NOA, at Gordon West Radio School is currently working on his next version of the Amateur Radio Extra Study Guide. Well, good deal. I bet it'll probably be out in no time, though. I think, yeah, I think he's near the the end on it, because that pool just come out this year. It, it has not been around very long yet. Well, back into the questions here. We don't have many left to go tonight. I'm not sure I can handle them anymore. Yeah? Well, let me ask you this one anyway. We'll just see. Okay. Which of the following describes authorization or licensing requirements when operating an amateur station aboard a U.S. registered vessel in international waters? A. Any amateur license with an FCC marine or aircraft endorsement? B, any FCC-issued amateur license. C, only general class or a higher amateur license. Or D, an unrestricted radio telephone operator permit. All right, I'm going to read this closer. Which of the following describes authorization or licensing required when operating an amateur station aboard a U.S. registered vessel in international waters? Uh, there, there's that FCC Marine or aircraft endorsement thing, which is not really a thing. So it's not a any FCC issued amateur license. This it doesn't mention which bands, so that's kind of a general thing. But that might be only general class. I, I think it's going to be B. Any FCC. Issued amateur license. Which license requirement operating an amateur station? It doesn't really go into which band, so which class license or anything. So I'm thinking it's going to be B, any FCC issued amateur license be the answer. I, I think you're right. They're guessing both B and C over in the chat room. Yeah. It's sort of a, it's sort of a broad question to me. Yeah, if you were going to use a handy talkie um, or or two meters, you know, you wouldn't need a general for that. So, yeah, you got that one. Well, that means I got one more to correct, Mm -hmm. and I'll be breaking even. Totally redeemed. (laughs) (laughs) What special operating frequency restrictions are imposed on slow-scan TV transmissions? A, none, they are allowed on all amateur frequencies. B, they are restricted to 7.245 MHz, 14.245 MHz, 21.345 MHz, and 28.945 MHz. C, they're restricted to phone band segments. Or D, they are not permitted above... 54 megahertz. What special operating frequency restrictions are imposed on slow scan TV transmissions? Yeah, I actually think I remember this one. 
Well, I don't think they're allowed on all amateur frequencies. You can throw that out because there's some frequencies that, um, you know, we, we can only operate specific modes on. Um, I don't think they're restricted to just those four frequencies mentioned there either. Uh, and you can transmit them above 54 megahertz. I know that for a fact because it's done commonly with the International Space Station. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe you can do it anywhere in the phone band. I'm going to say it C. What are they saying in the chat room there? Um, mostly C's. Mostly, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, because I remember that I was thinking that was a little seemed a little bit odd, so it kind of stuck out to me when I've seen that in the past. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, and for the grand prize... Who must be in physical control of the station apparatus of an amateur station aboard any vessel or craft that is documented or registered in the United States? A, only a person with an FCC marine radio license grant. B, any person holding an FCC-issued amateur license or who is authorized for alien reciprocal operation. That sounds painful. C, only a person named in an amateur station license grant. Or D, any person named in an amateur station license grant or person holding an unrestricted radio telephone operator permit. First of all, it says aboard any vessel or craft that is documented or registered. It must be a spacecraft because they got aliens in B there. <laughs> <laughs> or a vessel, space vessel, it could be. Could yeah. be. Okay, only person with FCC Marine Radio. I don't, it's not going to be A. And it's not going to be D because it's not for a radio telephone operator. Yeah, and see, I don't even know that there is an unrestricted radio telephone operator permit. Yeah. And any person named in an amateur station license grant. I think it's going to be B. Any person holding an FCC-issued amateur license or who is authorized for alien reciprocal operation, which essentially means you're a resident. I think it's going to be B. There you go. I mean, I broke slap even, man. Yeah, you had more wrong. I mean, you had more to, rights than you did wrong. It's better than that trip to Vegas. Yeah, that uh, we won't talk about that trip here, <laughs> especially not with the FCC field office. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were a little mixed on that in the chat room. They were between B and C. You yeah, know? it's kind of it's kind of tricky. There, there's been a lot of mixed answers tonight because these are getting a little trickier. It's not, I won't call them super hard, but they're just things you'd have to remember. You know, they're not, not all of them are common sense. Um, so they're, they're getting a little tougher. Yeah, they are. Except in some parts of Alaska, what is the maximum power permitted on the 630 meter band? Oh, we just went over this. A, 50 watts PEP. I'm glad I had you show that. I bet you are. <laughs> B, 100 watts PEP. C, 1 watt EIRP. Or D, 5 watts EIRP. And, yeah, I know the answer to this. Yeah, you're welcome. Yep. And everybody's getting it in the chat room, they too. All, they must have been paying attention, too. Uh, it could be. I let the cat out of the bag. Could be. Well, the 630 meter band, that's not the very lowest frequency band we can operate on. That's that's one step up. So I think we get a little bit more power. 
I'm going to say five watts EIRP, except in some parts of Alaska. Yeah, which happens to be about 496 miles or less. You remember to that? You say you got that down. Yeah. There should be extra bonus points. There should be. It Unle- should take away at least one of those buzzer actions. <laughs> five watts EIRP. There you go. There you go. Well, I was going to congratulate you, but really can't congratulate you on that one. You can't? Well, well you read the same <laughs> slide I did. Yeah, but congratulations are in order anyway. Yeah? Not really. You know, that's all we're going to cover tonight, all the questions we're going to cover. And I just don't feel like we can go through all 622 tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. And not at that rate anyway. Yep. You know, I, I brought this this shirt tonight expecting some math. Mm-hmm. But after I put it on and looked at it, I said, you know, this is this is going to be way too simple math for the uh, questions well, that are probably going to show up. Well, I only got a middle school education tonight, so. There you go. And that was from Canada, right? Well, the T-shirt came from yeah. Canada. The E3MIC sent you that. What if you didn't have friends sending you T-shirts and you you needed to look really good <laughs> at the next? <laughs> well, we don't want to do shirts and skins up here, that's for sure. No, no. <laughs> no. Where would you go? <laughs> well... I'll probably go to amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com get get some nice t-shirts or or maybe even a golf shirt or I don't know ball cap coffee cups coffee cups are great to get there yeah hoodies you name it it's all kind of stuff there that's where I get all that's where I do all do all my gift buying for my ham friends this this is where you do all your Christmas shopping for my ham friends and birthdays too yep and you should probably check it out. It's a good place. Yeah. There's a lot of society that goes on here at the college as well. Yeah. After hours. Where are some places that you could go that, you know, well, that, that you might want to hang out with other students? Yeah, well, we hang out at uh, Facebook. It's a nice Facebook group. Facebook group, Ham College. Uh, we're also on Twitter. You at, could... You could follow us like a stalker. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a good mental picture. No. At Ham College. And we've also got a groups.io group. It's a slash G slash amateur logic. Okay. So we also put from there, either of those, you can find out about when the live streams are happening, just like yep. this one. Mm-hmm. So if you want to stay posted, stay up to date when those are, so you can join us. That's a good place to get the information. Uh, a very good place because we always post in advance. Uh, one other place that you might want to visit on the interwebs uh, would be our show notes wiki, amateurlogic.tv slash wiki. Our friend Dan in non-LVS does that for yep, us. Thanks to him for doing that. Yep. Thanks for being with us here tonight, everyone. It's... As you can see, these are going to be a little bit tougher. We'll take a little study. But they're going to be fun, though. There'll be a little buzzer action going on. Mm -hmm. But that's what kind of makes it sort of fun. Mm -hmm. As long as he's getting the buzzers, and I'm not, though. we got plenty of batteries, so this could go on for quite some time. Oh, yeah. Uh, But, but yeah, tonight, not really technical questions too much. No. But there, there are some pretty in-depth ones coming up. There are. These tonight, these are pretty much rules, most of them, that, that you would need to know. And and observe the wording of them, too. There were a few trick mm-hmm. answers in there as well. So, um, hey, but not insurmountable. We managed to get extra class licenses, so you can, too. You can do it, for sure. Yep. All right, Dean, any final words before we get out of here tonight? No, it's just, uh, it was was a good time. I wish I had got a little bit better score, but that's kind of how it goes sometimes. Sometimes, yep. 
but I mean, we're we're expecting these are going to be a little tougher. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, it's just going to take a little more study. Well, I'm going to say join us in the middle of the month. Coming up on, it'll be my birthday, won't it? It will. March the 13th, we'll be shooting the next amateur logic. Another Friday the 13th. Another Friday the 13th. You know, that's... We just had one of those. We did. But, you know, I guess that's why Friday the 13th has never been that unlucky of a day for me, because it's my birthday every so often. Yeah. So, yeah. I've kind of become accustomed to it. Yeah, you gonna wear your Jason mask? Uh, if you will 3D print print us some, we can It'd wear it. It'd probably those. be cheaper to just order some off Amazon and buy that much filament. <laughs> that would be a lot of filament. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, you know, check us out at Amateur Logic, March thirteenth live, and the next time college at the end of March. Seven three seventy three, everybody. Which of the following character... Yeah, maybe I should... Character frequencies. Yeah. And you're only going to get a show like this, what is it, every seven years? Is it seven? It's four years, isn't it? Every four years? Yeah, leap year. I think it comes every four years. No wonder my calendar's been off. You're only been counting it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You must have decided to start counting it on a leap year. Which of the following character? <laughs> I was going to say it again. And, you know, at, the, at those social media sites, there's been known to hang out in there before an actual dean of emissions. Emissions or admissions? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Radio emissions I'm talking about. Emissions. Oh, okay. Emissions. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably all we ought to say about that.